everyone else is up to and yeah okay this, this the trend is this way that's kind yeah of i mean i i find too like with with like alt games it's nice like having it curated and then like i find it inspiring and just not even though i wouldn't or don't have any plans to make those type of games. Yeah. Like, it's, like, in this, too. Like, I, I don't really, I'm not a comic artist, but it's nice to yeah. kind of get out there and see people and see what see what they're working on. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> totally agree. And Vancouver is exceptionally talented, so that's just my thoughts. And this is even better than last year, because they have the whole game booth. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of their first times doing this, and the whole idea is to get Vancouver... Uh, comic artists involved with the gaming community because I think the gaming community is expanding and growing and we have such a diverse populace of people making independent games so connecting the two is what their vision is and it's really come along it's looking good yeah I was, I was expecting it to be like integrated with the comic artists like I was expecting to be in the same space because it's definitely like less popular than <laughs> the rest of the rest of the the, the comic arts festival that's um, true but speaking of that, what's your name and what, what's your game you're demoing at VanCav? Oh, sweet, yeah. My name is Karina Kam. I'm with Crash Wave Games. We are exhibiting Iron Tides. It's a Viking-like rogue simulator. <laughs> or rather, a rogue-like Viking simulator. There we go. Um, how long have you been working on it? Uh, a year and a half. Yeah. And how, like, where is it? Where is it at? Like, oh. where is it? Where, when's it? Like, what part of development are you in? Oh, we're ready to launch into early access in July, um, sometime in the summer. It's exciting for us. It's been a long journey, and honestly, we've been inspired by a lot of the local talent here. Myself included. <laughs> um, yeah, we went through Kickstarter. We went through um, a bout of, like, potential publishing. We've traveled. Um, we've participated in several exhibitions now, including Twitch, Casual Connect. Um, and Van Calf is just local. It's good cause, and I like the scenes. How is Casual Connect? Because your game's not really like a casual game. You know what? Our game has. Uh, it's meant to appeal between uh, for casual gamers and hardcore gamers. So we're looking for somewhere in between. So a lot of our players who sit down, um, they have the hardcore want for you know tactics and thinking and contemplating and then we have mobile players who play our game and it's really easy to get into and they they can see themselves playing this game on mobile but it's not yeah right it's not really a casual game but it has a casual appeal did you find like the casual audience was useful for playtesting absolutely oh my god 100 percent. i mean it's the difference of like um we were just talking about tutorials prior to this talk and um yeah, if you can appeal to a casual player who doesn't want to sit through pop-up after pop-up or, you know, really crazy rules, um, if you can get them to sit down and play the game and it's intuitive enough that they understand, I think that was the biggest takeaway for us. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, did you... With um, the Twitch meetups, did you notice kind of a different... Like, like, are you noticing different kind of play styles for the different events you go on? And, like, what parts of the game are you kind of getting the best feedback at at these different events? Uh, we definitely like the more hardcore players, I have to admit, um, because they die less. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, uh, they just kind of strategize a bit differently, and they're more used to uh, complex rules, like uh, taking your turn, movement, action. Um, they understand that more proficiently than someone who's a casual gamer. So we've uh, we've noticed that with casual gamers, they expect us to kind of 
hold their hand through everything or they expect us to switch the characters like actually in the game um, for them but our game is very fluid so you can kind of pick up a character and move it and attack or you can pick up another character and attack and then move and it's just a very fluid experience that I think a lot of casual gamers are just not used to. So yeah, these more uh, niche, hardcore players are really picking us up and they seem to like it. Do you tailor the, um, the demos to the shows you go to? Not really. We just kind of freestyle it, see what's out there. Kind of whatever the current development build is. Yeah. You just yeah. kind of let them play that? Yeah. Um, so whatever the latest stream streamers are playing, we just give that to the public as well. Um, and we just like to look at what they do and see if they do things differently. Um, it's always nice to kind of reinforce what a streamer is doing and interact with their players. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. So have you done a lot of, like, um, have, you, have you got the opportunity to watch somebody stream the game yet? Oh, yeah. We uh, have a we have Baron Von Plays. Um, he's a big streamer who we... Thanks, Baron. You're awesome. Um, and we have a handful of smaller streamers who are playing our game, and they usually play for about uh, 15 minutes to four hours. So it's been quite the journey. Have you been able to, like, did they save the stream? Have you been able to kind of watch over it? Yeah, yeah, we have. It's um, it's helped us develop as well, so we can see what we're doing wrong or what we can improve on, and um, figuring out how we can make the game better for everyone else. Kind of the overall I, goal. Yeah. I've I found that like when we would release a game or release release a build that like we could go on Twitch to to just see how things are going and try to catch bugs. Oh, cool. Like we could just like because we just notice things that people would not necessarily notice that they're playing it like kind of like smaller bugs um so it's kind of i think it's good that you're like getting it streaming early yeah we're trying and i think it's so ironic too because like you yourself as an artist or developer software artist <laughs> um you probably notice things that the players aren't noticing and i feel the same way in this case we've come so far and there are some issues that we've noticed that no one else can see and we just kind of like ah uh, you know yelling this out of our head what are some of those um definitely usability issues so um our game how would they but wouldn't they notice that <laughs> um like, no they wouldn't they just they just accept it like that's the difference between a casual game and a hardcore gamer um, oh, okay. or you know just any kind of gamer really some gamers just accept the fact that i have to move my mouse here and then move my mouse here and then move my mouse back there again and in our eyes it's like oh this player is getting exhausted from doing all this work and we just want them to get to the action um or sometimes so is that the casual is that the casual gamer uh noticing that like is the casual gamer okay with it or is it the hardcore gamer that's okay with it? i think it's the casual gamer um primarily because the game is complex in what it is and what it has to offer and there are a lot of rules every character has four abilities but they draw from a pool of seven so um, if you give the character the player three characters to start with they have 12 abilities to think about off the top of their head. And our demo has uh, features three characters, and so we can already see the difference between a casual gamer and a hardcore gamer. Um, a hardcore gamer will go ahead and read all the skills and then understand them inherently, and then they just go ahead and play. We have hotkeys, so it feels like a real-time game, but turn-based. And then the casual gamer will spend a lot of time going back and forth, trying to remember what this each skill does. And it's kind of exhausting for them to remember all these things, and then execute. So, how do you how how do you design the the hotkeys? 
Like, what's the main influence for the different hotkeys? Um, as a hardcore gamer, it's pretty simple. It's just WASD, mouse click, one, two, three, four for your key bindings, like items or um, skills, um, movement. Um, it's pretty simple, pretty standard. Spacebar, once in a while, enter keys. Oh, okay, so you're not getting into, like, super weird, like, StarCraft-esque <laughs> hotkeys where each skill has a different... No, that's like an entirely different audience. I think we're going to stick, you know, again, between casual to hardcore, try to find that middle niche that likes both what was the what was the inspiration of doing four skills and there are seven total but taking four in um well we thought about three and we thought that was too easy and we just honestly just like the number four it's like uh well typically in game design three is a good number to start with anything if you notice like boss fights um in mario there's always three levels to every single boss um humans just like the, the number three um, so if we take three and we add one more, it's saying that we want to appeal to that more uh, casual gamer, but we're going to make it just a bit more challenging, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, if you, I don't play too many mobile games, so don't like, quote me on this at all, but if you play a mobile game, I suspect that they will have a limited number of abilities. Um, like maybe Clash of Royale might be a good example, where you don't actually even see the abilities. They, the units only do one thing, and you, all you have to do is deploy them. Um, so in a game like ours, we don't want that same experience where you just deploy things and they mindlessly do things on their own, you just watch. We want you to be actively engaged, and that's what we chose for. Okay. Yeah. And then why not have two separate, like Y7? Um. That's a good question. Um, honestly, we just wanted to have a bit of variety with our characters, but if we had too many, the characters wouldn't really follow a class. Mm. Yeah, so we have, for example, we have a character called the Valkyrie, and she's a high mobility character with a high crit chance, but she has low health, um, and she doesn't really block as often as the other characters do. So how many abilities can we really use for her other than a leap ability or, you know, a double stab or a triumphant strike or like a nice finisher ult move? Um, there isn't really much else we could do with her um, in terms of class. Otherwise, she'll start becoming like a tech. Like the, yeah. yeah. So how many classes did you go with? Or what's the current kind of landscape of the classes? So right now we have four characters. We hope to release to early access with five, but also don't quote me on that one. Um, full launch, we're going for six. Yeah. And is it always just three people in a party? You can have as many as your boat will allow you, so you can upgrade your boat. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, the idea is that your Vikings will be very expendable. Um, the battles are... We've been t tweaking our AI, and we want you to die. We want to kill at least two Vikings per uh, voyage. And I know that sucks What's guys, a voyage? Is that like one fight? It's like a raid, fights? basically. Like oh, you're okay. planning a raid. The idea is that you're a Viking chieftain, and you're planning a raid to go on sea. So you select your crew, you, you buy yeah. some food, and then you sail around uh, an endless sea, an open world sea, and uh, in, encounter different opportunities, fight in different uh, locations, and then exit once you finish your goal. Okay, and then what, what, um, like losing two Vikings per raid is intense. What, what's the ability to bail? Uh, you lose a lot of things. So, I mean, if you are a Viking chieftain and you come from a strong clan and you say, you say to your clan, I'm going to sail out there and I'm going to come back with the head of this vicious pirate, and then halfway through your journey, you're like, you know what? 
that's not such a good idea. You come back home, all your Viking people are going to lose faith in you. So the idea is you um, you build up this resource called glory. So you're a very glorious Viking. And if you ditch halfway, you lose a portion of your glory. So okay, yeah. So what what that's that's really interesting. Like how how is the how are the quests kind of generated? Like because that seems like a very um, elaborate quest. Yeah, uh, we have islands, so we have. We intend to release with six islands, and every island will have one main quest and one side quest. So uh, you can finish this main quest, uh, go through this voyage of like finding Sigurd on the sea somewhere, and then um, if you feel like you want to level up, you can always engage in the, the side quest, which will usually have uh, enemies about that same level. So every level is a bit more challenging, and you uh, get introduced to more factions. And whatnot, um, but that's what we've been doing it so far. We're trying to weave a story together. So, and is it all like procedural quests, or is it kind of like a pre kind of set up thing? Um, it's kind of a procedural quest. So we have the main idea. So for the side quests, the maps are randomly generated, but for the main quests, we will try to tailor what we can. Um, the battlefields will be different every single time. Right now, we have 42 unique battlefields, and we hope to release the final build with close to 200 or more um so there's always variety and there's always something happening in you cool so uh, at vancalf like have you seen anything that caught your eye so far yeah there are a lot of cool games here that i'm so excited to talk about so the hex is one of them um it's just a weird game <laughs> and it's it's great because he basically has like six mini games in one um but he's crafted this really strong narrative behind what's happening um it's like a murder mystery of sorts but with all these different characters that can do things and stuff um i won't get I'm, oh interesting yeah I, yeah I won't get too much into detail with that um well, how would you describe the art style uh <laughs> i was gonna say it reminds me of like uh like late night teletoon yeah, that's such a good <laughs> like that's, that's kind of level where, like, I remember not wanting to watch some of those shows because they just disturbed me. Yeah. Kind of, that's, that's kind of how I would describe the art style. Actually, yeah, I think you're, you've hit it on the head. It's <laughs> like late night telesoon. Um, I think it works well hand in hand with what he's doing because he has a disturbing, like, uh, narrative as well. So it just pulls you in, like, more than I thought it would. And um, he's got really cool sound effects in there, too, so... Yeah, I think overall I'm looking forward to it. Um, and obviously Wander Song is pretty sweet. That's going to be a good game too. It's also the good uh, it's the good rapport where you shout out the games that are right next to your game and stuff like It's always the good uh, always the good play because you probably see more of those than anything yeah. else. And I think the best thing about being next to these guys is I can hear what the gamers are saying about their game as well. So. It's not just me saying it. It's like, oh, this game is a mindfuck, and that's what I've heard a lot about um, the Hex and Pony Island. So, um, yeah, it's nice to be close to these dudes and seeing what they're up to. Cool. So is there anything else you want to shout out? Um, or anything you want to plug? Don't have any social media accounts or... Oh, yeah, you could follow us at, uh, at Iron Tides. Um, we also have a website, irontides.com. Uh, we have the demo up there which we might be taking down in June, so if you want to come take, check it out, uh, feel free to download it, send us an email. Have you been doing it? Have you been updating a demo throughout development? Yeah, so about every week we have a new build. Huh. 
We're, um, we are currently on build 125, although the build that we're showing today is build 127. What's what's the demo? What's what's the demo? Like, what is the demo? Like, our demo mode, you just go in the dungeon, and then when you finish, you go back into the dungeon. Like, it's like a random dungeon, random huh. party group. Like, we take the whole town out is our Sweet. demo mode. Oh, cool. Because um, the town really slows things down. It, it shows like this. Oh. Um, just because it, it's a lot. And also, you don't care about your heroes, really. It's not your save. Like just go into the dungeon that's the more yeah. exciting part it's how we do it so i'm curious like what's what's your demo consist of our demo is one complete quest so um the first quest is a tutorial uh and then it leads you into the reason why you're on iron tides so the first quest is really discovering what happened on the seas um which can take a while it's the longest play session i've seen yesterday was over an hour and he finished the complete quest um, but you can stop at any point you can do side quests um, hmm. it's almost like a complete game but it's just a demo so have you used the demo to like focus test things yeah absolutely oh, okay so you like kind of ma- you kind of mold the demo to what you want to test uh we don't take out the town like that's something that i think we need to have there um yeah players are always asking how do i get more vikings because they will die inevitably and we want to show them that there is a place for you to get them so we allow them to kind of look around our our town called Norhaven, um, but that's interesting too because we have a lot of work to do on the town. So maybe it's a good idea. Maybe we should take it out. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the question bus. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, and I hope you have a good rest of Ancav. Thanks. I hope you see a lot of cool things too. <laughs>